Okay, so remember how I was talking? Remember how I was talking to you, Mike? Mike, remember Ben? Remember when we were talking about how I was um? What? Why does it sound like it's in a fishbowl? I'm muting you, bud. I can't I didn't make it drive you nuts. You can hear me. That's all that matters. Um, but I, <laughs> I love. I freaking love Ben. I swear. <laughs> I, that bad, but somebody give my man a plate, yo. Um, <laughs> but black, you know, in our community, you know, depending on, it doesn't really matter because I've had these stories, especially being out here in these protests. I've realized that we've been more focused on trying to stay alive opposed to live. And when I was talking to Ben about that, you know, when I look at black death and circumstances, we can't do certain things that like, Ben and his fairer skinned uh, brethren could do. Um, so, I like I said, Mike. I told you. Um, I told you. What was it last night? I was like, I learned about Emmett Till when I was five. I was like scared into damn. I can't even whistle. And then like I see other examples of Black Death. Damn, I can't. I can't wear a hoodie. It's raining outside. Wait, I have to have somebody walk me to the bathroom in a stranger's in in a visit if I'm going over to somebody's house for the first time. Why? Why do I have to do that? Like there's so many things that we've like we've had to in a way have to like learn how to do it where it's like it's more so survival tactics. But and I me and my me and my biological dad were talking about this the other day. Um it's we didn't have time to enjoy life we were trying to we were trying to survive we weren't trying to live so when i say live because you know like you could be alive but are you enjoying that life i feel like a lot of ways like as you know you and um josh were just saying you know if you guys are being shunned about certain conversations that somebody like you know somebody like in Ben's family or whatever doesn't um we're being told we can't wear a hoodie but everybody else is wearing a hoodie outside um we're getting told we can't go and do certain things that our other counterparts can do because we're walking on eggshells we're trying to survive so like that was something I was talking to Ben about. I was like, dude, that's why I was so anxious and so depressed so early in eight in life because there was all these rules. There's all these circumstances of when somebody stepped out of this line that white supremacy set for us, they could have either, they either got incarcerated or died. So that's why like, I always say like, you know, we were born in a war. We didn't start, didn't get the instruction booklet to do and I've I'm when I've like in my own days of therapy I've started to develop a lot more empathy for my own parents because they're just like dude nobody gave us a like the person who gave us the tools didn't even know where they got the tools from and then the people before us got the tools they don't know that where they got the tools from so they were just like bro we we saw somebody fail at that so we figured don't do that and then it's like we it's been passed down and passed down. And even though Ben, like I said, with his privilege, he didn't understand how he was feeling. He knew what I meant when I said, like, you know, we were taught to survive, not to live. Hmm, that makes sense. I agree. 
I got, well, I want to say something. And it, it, it goes to branch off of your point of, yeah, we are worried about more survivors than actually living. And, when you, and going to your earlier point, which you, not what point, but you mentioned earlier uh, the field you were going into because it's very uh, underrepresented. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, the other day, my, my friend Chris and I, we were having a conversation about, you know, childhood, childhood things. I remember at one point talking about, you know, dinosaurs, being very into dinosaurs. He was too, he was like, I loved them. He was like, I read so many books about it, so many like scientific things. He's like, I wanted to be a paleontologist. And, but his, his, his mom shut down, like, she was like, no. She was like, you'll never make it like that. You'll never be like, and he's like, shut that dream down immediately. And that was how he said, and when he told me that, I was like, man, you, you like, you, there's, there are hardly any black paleontologists out there. I'm sure. He was like, you know how rare that would have been for you to be a black paleontologist had you actually followed through and pursued that career. And then you could have set an example probably for more kids to be just like you. And it's crazy. I feel like, and that's, that's also a thing about community parents. I feel like they don't encourage their kids to go into more of these fields and be more open with opportunities. I feel like we're very narrow-minded with the, the type of job opportunities that we have in mind. Mm-hmm. But, like, but like I said, it, it, it branches off of the uh, idea of uh, we're just living to survive and not living to serve. Yeah, because we're thinking, I think um, I saw something the other day. It was like, when white parents tell their child, oh, we know somebody that works there, they got the job. When black parents tell their child, we know somebody that works there, even then we're like, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't know, they don't have that, that, that reassurance that it's a shoe in Because one, you could either be underrepresented, uh, underrepresented like both of you were saying, or it's just, you know, just because you know somebody in there, it's not a shoe-in thing. Um, it's always like a, we'll see. How many times, how, first off, my, my, my beautiful, beautiful melanin, m- melanin sun-kissed uh, brothers and sisters, how many times somebody, your parents hit you with a we'll see? And I'd be like, through anything. (laughs) How many times? Yo, both of y'all are on mute, but yo, I don't know how many times we had got a wheel C. And I remember asking when I graduated. So, (laughs) um, but it's and it's once again, it's like we're we. we, I think we learned very early, and that's why I always say, like you know, black and brown people were very godly people. We know tomorrow isn't promised because not only can God do whatever He want, but man can do whatever we want, whatever they want with us. And that's always been like a scary thing to try to navigate, man. It's just, I don't know. Like I try not to get all sad and stuff, but like I also want to have these conversations because they don't happen. Yeah. So. Nah, I think you're good, man. I think this is great. I'm enjoying it. Definitely. Yeah, it's uh I'm mean, even now thinking about it, I'm just like, yo, I that's why like I love like and Mike remembers of when I'm like with the kids. I love being with the kids because I'm like, bro, I never got to enjoy childhood the way that these kids are just 
with no fear in their life at all that they could just enjoy their childhood. I'm like, oh man, bro, bro. Like I said, I was traumatized at five about Emmett Till. Can't whistle, my goodness. Like, I don't know, yo. It's uh, it's like it. I don't know. Like I always, I keep saying to people, like I was, we were born in a war we didn't start. There was just so many things like growing up where it was just like, especially for me, like. It was like, okay, what is being black? You know, I, I remember when I had the, anybody, I, I, that's a good question to ask. When did you know you guys were black? That's a really good question. Because I, I feel like when I say that, because when I say like, when you found out you were black, what like the definition of that meant and then what came with that? Like, how was your black realization for you and how that conversation went? Either or. I can- I can say it first came from my mother at a very young age. One thing that she told me, and she told me, though, told this to me multiple times growing up, is that you have you were born with two strikes. Yeah, yeah, mainly you're black. Don't give yourself a third. It was pretty much like the conversation mm-hmm. that she had with me, and she said, in that line right there, she said it more than once for me growing up, mm-hmm. and so. That at a very young age, that's always that's always been in my mind. Is that like I feel like I have to be a certain type of way, maneuver when I go certain places. You know what I'm saying? Act a certain, and it, and, it, and it's kind of funny. It's like all right, so we as generally speaking, we have we we in the black communities, you know, we have a certain way of speaking. And that's not necessarily saying like the way we talk is like less than others. Yeah. Please say that again. You could you could talk. <laughs> all right, all right. You can incorporate slang. You could talk with you know with some flair to you without sounding stupid. Like you could be. <laughs> I don't know why people think that. It's like you could still be intelligent and talk that way. Absolutely. But, Anybody ever heard I um, Ti talk? He just sounds so gangster the way he like, six right. words. I've never heard something <laughs> expeditiously in such a smooth way. So much swag and silk in it. But continue, my brother. <laughs> but yeah, it's and it's and it's like that's 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 me. I always been told I had I had a pretty good solid voice. But um, but then sometimes you know for me the way I talk it's a switch. You know when I get in certain areas and I'm. I'm so many other black people have had to do the same thing as well. You know what I'm saying? You have to dress up the way you talk even more. You know what I'm saying? Just so you make sure that who you're talking to, they don't feel uncomfortable and they don't mm-hmm. get any type of notions about you just based off of the way that you're speaking. That right there, something as simple as that is is wild. That I feel like, you know, like naturally, I feel like I have to do that just to make sure like I'm not making them uncomfortable and they don't look at me a certain way. They don't think they don't take me as being intelligent. It was just sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can one hundred percent identify with that as well. Especially being in the military, man. Oh my goodness! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Especially being in the military, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I can one hundred percent identify with that. And I don't know. I guess that's a really good question, Jordan. I I guess when I when I I'd have to really like give it some thought but I, I would say off the top of my head I don't know I had a very like keen awareness like very young like in certain rooms where I'm like oh like there's not really like many kids that look like me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it was like I didn't really 
have I I did end up later having that talk, you know, with my parents about hey, you know, you're black. Um but I'm but now that I'm thinking about it, like I don't I don't remember I don't really remember um distinctly my my parents telling me at a really young age, hey, you know, like you gotta be careful navigating. It was always maybe in certain isolated incidents. So mm-hmm. for example, I will say my first example of that and it's something that it still kind of like sticks with me to this day is you're black my dad would tell me son you're black don't ever leave without your wallet and your identification ever period always have your identification on you and that was something i was like why and like he used to get teed off like when i yeah like that was like a thing like that was like such a big thing that my dad would be like nah we about to turn this car around and Mm -hmm. we about to go get your wallet and so that was something that always stuck with me and he would just tell me stories about how how so many like black men have uh been you know racially profiled and uh you know wrongfully convicted uh due to the racial profiling and 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 just having your your ID is just one kind of protective measure that you can have. Yeah. And that that always stuck with me, yo. Like like to this day, like I'm like, yo, do I got my wallet? Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's sad. That's sad because because I I'll tell you why it's sad because when I came here to Jacksonville, I, I had to take an Uber. I had dropped my car off um, to the to the dealership, right? And so the dealership paid for me to get a Uber. So the Uber driver was white. And so the Uber driver told me, yeah, I don't have my wallet. I don't have my wallet on me right now. Like I left my wallet at home, so I don't really have my license or my insurance, but I should be okay. Like if a cop pulls me over, I'll just pull up a, a copy of my, I have a picture of my driver license and a picture of my, my insurance. So yeah, you know, I should be fine. And I'm thinking like, yo, like that would never. And I told him this, I was like, yo, yeah, yeah that would never like go down. Like, <laughs> for me, I would never get privileged to just <laughs> have the peace of mind that I could like not have yo. my identification or my license, and then I could just yo, hey officer, yeah, actually I got my got a, got a picture right here. Yo, roll through, and uh, yo, I don't know how many times because I know the one person that's gonna bail me out is folk over here. Yo, I don't know how many times I texted Bell, hey, I'm freaking out. I just realized I left my wallet at home and I'm like all the way already in like middle river or something. And she's like, calm down, drive like crap when you're nervous. But I'm like, yo, you don't understand. So to hear like, what you mean? You got a picture of your freaking license. What, what? I wish I could, what? Exactly. So I was just like, wow, like that's just, that sounds so nice, huh? Yeah, man. You have a heated pool. That sounds nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I would say off the top of my head, that is probably like one of the few distinct moments that sticks out. Like, yo, I'm, I'm really black. Like, I can't like afford to even like leave my wallet at home. Like, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say my moment was, um, and Jordan, you've had, you've heard me have this conversation with my father before. You know how my grandfather is. That that man can go on and on with his brands. That's just, and, that's know, just, that's just black 
old people in general. You talk to yeah. your aunt, and then you you know you're on you're gonna be on the phone with them for a while. They'd be like, "Oh, and let me tell you," and it'd be going off like two so, hours. But you know how he is. So, um, when I was like ten, I did live with my grandparents in Miami for half a year. And I remember I was just minding my business, chilling, trying to watch cartoons. I think Kids Next Door was was on. I don't even remember. And he just came in the room and he was like, how are you doing today? I was like, good. Is this another lecture day? Because I was just so used to him always like telling me facts of life. So I kind of knew what it was, where it was going. And he just looked at me. He said, just because your skin tone is a little lighter than mine just because your curls are a little looser and just because you have your daddy's last name does not mean you are better than other folks at the end of the day america looks at you like you're black regardless and you know i didn't understand what he meant again i'm a kid i'm just trying to watch cartoons and just be like okay grandpa i get you but as i got older i really started to think like you know what he really had a point when he said that to me like regardless of like you know being the skin tone that i am or darker because What the heck? What the heck? What the heck? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Yo, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it maybe a UFO went over my house or something. I'm still recording somehow, but like, yo, I went, I went like dark. That was crazy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mel. I like for maybe like uh, seconds, I didn't hear anything. I'm still recording though, so very weird. So this is gonna be fun editing. Go ahead. Good, but <laughs> it was just he never wanted me to forget. Like he always would tell me, like, no matter how old you get, I don't want you to forget where your people came from mm -hmm. because he I think his biggest fear was that as we get older meaning me and my brothers and his children that we lose have to lose our identity to appease America to make mm -hmm. them feel comfortable so that's why he would always say like do not forget what you are mm, I love you know, that that kind of reminds me of um Mel, you saw my um my um laughs in a barrel video, but uh, Matt, I think I might have sent it to you, Mike. Possibly, I'm not sure. Um, so basically, um, do you, you know what laughs in a barrel is, or a barrel of laughs is? Yeah, I think I've heard the expression. Okay, so back in the day, um, and it's kind of funny because like I figure since we're having this dialogue now, and I got you on the phone, I guess on the phone basically, but back in the day, you know, black people couldn't show emotion around in society because it would make white people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so there was like these barrels like scattered around like town or wherever they were. And black people would literally have to, like an ostrich, like shove their head in a barrel. You know, sometimes they were, 
filled with or without water. And that's where they would laugh. So the barrel was designed to muffle the noise. So their white counterparts weren't made to be uncomfortable. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I just... But um, reason I bring that up. Yeah, it's wild, man. And it, it, this would even happen in churches, you know, like they like if they actually had a sec like this happened actually i found out i just found out recently it's even farther back like even the days of slavery like um if they were just hooping and hollering with the other slaves i don't know how that goes i don't know how you can laugh during that time but anyway yeah. it's our people we could i don't know yo i just feel like there was one knucklehead that was just like making somebody laugh i don't know but even then on, you, you know they had to laugh to get through the pain yo man. i'm telling you it's probably where roasting started i don't know but anyway like <laughs> <laughs> uh but yo like even in those days if they were like crying after they got whipped they had to go shove their head in that barrel don't be too loud you're gonna wake master up yeah. and so i the reason I made a video and ben knows what i'm talking about i sent it to him and had a conversation with him but so growing up um it's funny that you bring up mel you know you never forget who you are and everything like that but growing up it was always really hard for me to like make friends like early on because white supremacy puts you in a box. It's already like a societal thing, but like even like our culture, like adopted this thing where it was like the black man looks like this. The conventional black man is you talk like this, you do stuff like this, you act like this. That's it. That was our that was our perverted version of black excellence. Um, so for me, everybody has met me right now. My, I am not the conventional black man. I think that's obvious to everybody that knows me, okay? Like, I'm just not, I don't like being put in a box. I don't like being told what to do. I've been a rebel since like day one. Like it's 2020, I still have a freaking Mohawk. I've had a Mohawk since 2008. I just don't like being told what to do. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm serious. But um, so, but growing up though, it was super hard for me to like make friends with like people within our community because like they just, they didn't accept me. I was the, yeah, I would get told as early as elementary school, uh, you, you're dirty. I'm like, huh? From like my from black people, they're like you're dirty. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yo, you need to go home and shower more and get that dirt off off you. You're a dark skinned white boy, and mm. that used to jack me up because I'm like, how am I? What like I'm like I, I no I I'm pretty sure I'm black. I have to wet my hair before I comb it. Like, <laughs> um, but then I was just like, okay, well the black kids don't want to play with me. I'll go with the white kids. I remember at six years old, I had a kid tell me, and I was still in Kansas at the time. He told me that my skin color is the way it is is because my people were baked from the flames of hell at six. So, yeah, so I was like traumatized off rip. So, oh, oh, so growing up on top of like the fact that like black death is taking place and everything like that, um, you know, it's kind of, like I said, you know, with, with, all, with, with all the, like the, the fact we're not having mental health conversations at home. Mm -hmm. um, we can't act a certain way because of these boxes and everything with white supremacy and stuff like that. 
And then with me growing up, the black community was not having me because I was the I was the white boy with dirt on his skin. And with the white community, I'm too aggressive or I'm too black for them. Growing up, it was just like, you know, it got to the point where it was just like, I'd rather just denounce myself. Like I literally would go around and be like, you don't act like a black, I'm not black then. Cause they, they would tell me and I'd be like, you know what? If I denounce myself, I won't have to feel rejected. And that went on probably until like my early 20s. I want to say like 20, I keep thinking it's like 20. I want to say it's like 21, but I was talking to my grandma about it. I was just like, I hate that everywhere I go, people tell me how to be. Like, it was just something that I used to get so pissed off about. It's like, cause okay, black community tells me be like this. This is their version of black excellence. White community tells me, don't be like that that's trifling and then being a christian i'm like okay white and black christians are even worse like (laughs) um you know what i'm talking about (laughs) oh my god they watch bet one time and think they got black culture figured out anyway um but i was talking with my grandma and she was like you're what sounds like is that you're suffering from a barrel of laughs And I didn't even know that. I didn't know what it was at the time. I was like, what is that? And she explained to me like everything I just explained to you guys, where it's like, you're afraid to be who you are because it's going to make everybody around you uncomfortable. Mm. So in trying to please everyone by denouncing yourself and muffling yourself and muzzling yourself, you on the inside are dying. Mm. And when she told me that, as a grown man, I mean, like, when I say, like, immediately, like, I mean, like, leakage. It was, like, it was no good. Like, it was, like, somebody turned the faucet and the handle broke. It was shooting. I'm not even kidding. But that was always, it was always something that was, like, hard. I mean, like, that was something that, like, really, really, like I said, it was always so irritating growing up because I'm just, like, damn, I can't talk about Trayvon Martin with the black community because they're like you can't relate to us like like I guess like because I I do Naruto runs I'm not gonna get shot when I, while I'm wearing a hoodie you feel me like I'm like I don't know how that makes sense and then with the white community I'm trying to talk about my black struggles they just either don't understand or don't want to understand so that was something like I always dealt with early on like with my like I said up until my early 20s because I it was literally like I have to literally keep and I, it, the imagery that I kept thinking of was like finding a barrel, doing whatever you need to do just so you could breathe for a second. And mm-hmm. I did, I've been doing it like my whole life, but it was all like symbolism. It wasn't a physical bar- It wasn't a physical barrel for me, but I was boxed in for so much, so long that it literally was like making me sick. So then when I finally like realized like what the root of that was, it was like, I never cried that much like in my life like ever it was nuts um yeah because we 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 have to uh we're often taught as men and and especially black men like to bottle your emotions don't be sensitive uh uh, be strong toughen up real men don't cry and so when you're fed this 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 narrative like you you don't learn how to go through the process of um 
expressing your, your your emotion, expressing yourself, and that's just very sad to hear that, man. I'm sorry that you had to to go through that, man. For real. Um, it. I mean, like, it sucks, but it now it's it's kind of in a weird way. I'm grateful for that because it kind of shattered this it, for me. Like I said, now I'm like, bro, don't you, you only way you can put me in a box unless you fit me for a casket. Like, that's it. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, and that's also helped me with my relationship with God too, because it was just like, it's like, you know what? He loves me for this. Right. And guess what? <laughs> he made this, you got beef with somebody. You better have beef with God. Cause this is how, this is how y'all got this one right here. So it was a def- it was definitely a freeing moment because like I didn't really I didn't identify that as white supremacy at the time. It was literally something that like damaged me majority of my life. Yeah. And then I'm so quick. That's why I'm so quick with the swift. That's why I, <laughs> I feel so bad for this, Mike. I swear I do. But when you were like, God, I got that good hair. I was like, you got good hair. Because <laughs> 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 I, I hate when our people just down ourselves man like i hate that i hate that society has told us you gotta have slick hair you gotta have these eurocentric beauty standards you gotta talk like that you gotta talk like this and this is considered ghetto and unintelligent as if only black people can be ghetto like yeah. have y'all watched the jersey shore i'm just saying like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ghetto doesn't come with a freaking color i'm just saying <laughs> yeah um but i'm super big on that that's been one of my biggest advocates because man when i tell you like thursday when we were out there and there was like literally every type of black person out there the emo kid the skater kid the jocks the debate team the band kid hi um just every type of black kid you saw the kids that were playing Yu-Gi-Oh in library from high school in the, like they were all out there i've never seen that much unity within our people so i'm like yo do not lose this do not lose this you feel me like i do yo white supremacy made us not be cool with each other in high school y'all don't even realize that you feel me like i i was having this conversation with one of these brothers i can't even remember his name but he was at the protest. He's like, he's like, Dag, man, I didn't know you were cool, man. I was like, I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was just like, but that's that wall that we put up. White supremacy separated us with these different walls and was like, this is black. Everything else is over here. Outcast. And it's just, I, I'm so quick to let people, like, especially my people know. I'm like, yo, they're, they're, you, you don't box yourself in. Beauty is in every color, in every shade, in every culture. White people, don't flatter yourself. Shut up. Like, I've had to catch myself where I'm like, just shut up. I talk smart and I'm black. I'm not black and I talk smart. Watch your mouth. Like, and you know, it's like when you mentioned denouncing yourself, I remember there was a point in my life where I was having an identity struggle with who I was because, and, we, and we've talked about this many mm-hmm. times because my biological father would be considered a white Latina, whereas my mother would be considered an Afro Latina. And then 
got together and then I was the end product. So it was just like, I don't know where I fit in because, and I think this goes back to America, like standards of what a Latina is supposed to look like. Because when people say Latina, they automatically think of JLo, they think of Shakira, they think of, they think of the fair skinned Latinas, but they never think of women that look like Amara, Amara La Negra. Like they never think of her as like a Latina. So it came to a point in my life where, where, you know, people thought I was biracial, was black and white. And I thought, you know what, it's, would be easier to just say I'm Irish with black and white than trying to say I'm Latina Mm -hmm. because then people are like really but you don't talk with an accent like you're you're not like that spicy personality that we're used to and I'm like what so I'm (laughs) automatically a caricature of what a Latina is supposed to be and and then what made it even worse was that even within the community I would have other Latinos say but you don't speak Spanish, so you're not really Latino. You're a sellout. And and it just made me never want to tell people what I was because I was afraid of rejection. And I don't want to cry talking about it. You're all good. You're fine. I'm, I'm, you're good. This like, is right, but, it, but it's just like, I felt more comfort with the Black community because for a long time, even when I was born, I was told, your hair is not acceptable. You're, you're too dark. Mm. When I was, but when I would be around other Black people, I, they were like, you're beautiful. Your skin is beautiful. That melanin you have is beautiful. Your hair is beautiful like you don't have to feel ashamed of the features that you have and it's sad that in the latino community there is so much colorism or telling someone you're a sellout because you don't speak spanish or you don't have an accent so is is it's sad but that's something that's never talked about mm-hmm. is never talked about it's one of those it is what it is if someone thinks you're beautiful great if they don't then just suck it up and deal with it you know and as i hear both of you kind of telling about your experience experiences one of the things that that one of the few thoughts that kind of resonate and pop up within me is man like how how important would it be um that we were actually taught like how much god loves us mm-hmm. like not from not in a collective sense i think like when we hear that in the traditional sense it's kind of like okay yeah i get it like god god loves the world god loves us cool mm-hmm. i got it but it's not enough emphasis on on the individual and and the diversity of it all yes that well that that is extremely important yeah definitely not taught that i mean we we've had conversations and i I know this could go on for days and we won't (laughs) too deep deep into it but just the gospel the gospel being whitewashed and, and 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 us us coming growing up thinking that you know here's this this blue eyed blue eyed blonde haired jesus and come to find out that's totally question uh, were there white people in the bible no mm, no 
<laughs> so what doggone sense? <laughs> Continue, brother Mike. Yeah, so it's like um, you know, like imagine, imagine us, and this is this is why I stress the importance of, uh, 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 if you will allow me to call it, Bible literacy, mm-hmm. paired with geography. Like we need to have, and I'm kind of going off topic here, but it's, but I'll tie. Nah, it in. brother, this is this is we, good. Go ahead. We need we need to we need to have more dialogue within the church. We need to have more classes or uh, available to more information being distributed within the church, so that people uh, uh, that come from diverse backgrounds, culturally, uh, ethnically, mm-hmm. class, uh, whatever constructs that we have in our society, that that the Christ that we preach is more relatable to you than you know, than you realize. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that that would help so much um, with, with, with our confidence in our own individuality um, that, that, I mean, just imagine like, and again, that, that falls back to white supremacy and, and, and a sense as well, because like, again, they have, uh, they have whitewashed Christ to appeal to them mm-hmm. um, and God to them. You know what? Um, I think how I put it yesterday when we were on the phone. Um, and I don't like, know everybody's, you know, beliefs. Um, she on, saved. On, on, um, I know I'm working on ben. I'm working on Ben right now. Yeah. But my platform is a Christian platform, so. But okay, right. I'm working on Ben though, and I know he hears me. But I'm working on Ben. <laughs> um, but it goes back to yeah, we unapologetically Jesus. Yeah, of of course he yeah. he know he listened to me talk about Jesus till three o'clock in the morning the other night. I'm right. not even kidding, and he sat there and enjoyed every minute of it. Um, but oh, this freaking microphone. Oh okay, my... I thought that was mine. No, it's my end. It sounds like dial-up. It pisses me off sometimes. It's like I don't know. I need a new. Uh, I need a we new. We are showing uh, our age, saying. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, but it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, when I said, you know, that Lecrae lyric really rings true. Stop it. That Lecrae lyric really rings true. What it says, um. I think he said, like, I heard that Christ was an American. That's what helped me want to care again. Because, mm, 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 mm. yo, boy, yo, yeah. this country jacked up when it came to um, the church. That's why I, my, one of my first episodes I had after I stopped interviewing artists was, did the church fail the black community? Because mm. unfortunately, when it came to this country, we let our patriotism impact our faith. Instead of having our faith impact our patriotism. And then when you have a whitewashed agenda with that, and if the whitewashed agenda is giving you this patriotic corporate mindset version of Christianity, when Christ himself was never corporate, mm. you got what we have now. We have a one nation under God, but it's a whitewashed God. It's That's a right. systematic, it's a, it's a corporate God. That's right. And it can literally, it literally begins with how that whole system was set up with one nation under God. But are, are we, if we really think about it, our patriotism is over God in this country by the people that run this country. 
that's why when I used to hear that, even as an atheist growing up, I'm like, that can't be true because I've actually had white military members call me the N-word. And I'm like, hmm, good Lord. <laughs> and Michael, I think you can agree that when you're in the military, you don't really have the right to talk about your own political beliefs because Absolutely. they're like because they're always like, well, the president is your boss, so regardless of what you feel like, exactly. you have to yeah. protect him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mel used to tell me, "Could you tweet something for me?" Because I <laughs> like I like honestly, I remember the day that Trump got elected as president, and information our sergeant had to be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna say this." I don't agree with it. I'm pretty sure there are some people in this platoon that don't agree with it. But please, for the love of all that is good, do not talk about what you think online. I cannot stress this enough, privates. Right. <laughs> like, I don't wow. like him, but I have to respect his position. I have to respect his position. Yeah. That is the actual opposite of the speech that I got from that. <laughs> uh, really? uh, yeah, yeah, from from my from my leader, from my leader that whose name shall not be spoken like Voldemort here. Um for those who like Harry Potter. Anyway, um I love Harry Potter. I freaking, right, so you, oh so my you God. caught the my, reference. You Mike, caught the reference. I got no, no. <laughs> Leave me Mike, alone, Jordan. Let me have Mike, an ally with Harry no, Potter. Let me have no, an ally. Mike, I loved you. Loved. Don't worry, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, so don't. Yo, worry. Harry Potter is trash, b. But, like, but anyway, for the second, <laughs> the second of conversation, uh, yeah, my that that leader that I alluded to uh, earlier that I talked about, he was like, he got us information and was like, all right, so you don't have to respect him, you don't have to like him, but like it or not, he's our leader. Proceeds to spit his dip and uh, oh, wow. I used to hate when that. You said spit his dip. I already knew uh, what time it was. You already know what time it is. So, did he wear his eye like at all times? Yeah, man. Yeah. Was it a bottle or a cup? Oh, whatever he can get it, get hands. Sometimes that is so it was, not sexy. It's disgusting, it man. Was Sure. And they be like clear bottles. They carry that shit around all day long. So you the clear know. bottles is what gets me. It's like, yo, like this is disgusting, dog. Like, but anyway, uh, go get you a solo cup or something. Like one of them red solo cups, so we don't you see that. But anyway, um, yeah, he gave us a whole spill and like the whole, like the whole, the general tone and perception was like, yo, this guy is happy that Trump is elected. Like he, he's just jumping for joy inside. And it's just, man, I don't know. Um, I, I, I understand. Uh, and, you, you know, you know, those are those three topics that they say, like, you know, always stay, stay clear of, like, you know, sex, money, and, and politics, or sex, religion, and politics, rather. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like, how do y'all feel about politics? I mean, for me, I pay attention, but I personally don't subscribe and, and we don't have to get into it on here but i i don't i i'm i'm just like i'm like you i just don't like being put in a box i don't subscribe to any personal religion um oh ben's gonna all right brother we appreciate you tuning in man thank you that... Yo, through the yes you're supposed to use the black heart though we talked about that it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> we'll talk about it at juneteenth tomorrow brother um good night to you man uh yeah we got to talk about that before we go man juneteenth 
Okay, oh, okay he did it. There you go. There you go. Hey. <laughs> I freaking love Ben, yo. All right. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say just in person, bye, y'all. Love you guys. And in person, thank you so much for including me and sharing your experiences with me. Um, I'm doing everything I can every day to learn more about it. And y'all are voices that I, I really hope to hear more from and uh and again just thank you from the bottom of my heart for just existing because you're you guys are what we need in the world so hey appreciate many it, blessings uh stay safe and don't forget uh, we don't get, don't forget about the party tomorrow don't forget about the party tomorrow oh no no I haven't uh I'm looking forward to seeing your message about it just let me know when where I'll i got you that. tomorrow will be his first juneteenth it's about to be lit <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being a, thanks for being an ally ben absolutely i'm doing everything i can you guys are, are the real heroes so he's been jumping in and getting do. arguments with my wife family i love it <laughs> I'll talk about that after he leaves but go ahead <laughs> all right yeah now i'll see y'all later good night y'all all right brother but um, when it comes to like politics, mind you, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it a bean, okay? So Obama was president. I started paying attention to politics. Okay, I'm just gonna keep it a bean with you. And then I realized what we were going to get after Obama. When I say okay, I I realized what we were gonna get if Obama would have lost, if he wouldn't have made a second term. Then I started like going into it a little bit more, but also I was starting to find my faith. So then I realized both of these parties are trash in some ways that I can't subscribe to any one of them. Yeah. So I've never like, I've never identified. I it looked like I was flipping y'all off for a second. My bad. Uh, <laughs> but I did. I, for some reason, like I said, I'm that careful of not like cursing anybody or offending anybody. But like for me, as I like got deeper in my faith, I realized that like, yo, trying to live your life to a man-made political code when you are supposed to be submitted to God is like stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, it's like, I mean, it, am, am I lying? Like, it, I think both sides, I think, honestly, I think both parties are just ridiculous both are yo first off what their party could be saying whether it's wrong or not whether it don't make sense sometimes but just because they're all so subscribed to this party they will go along with it support it and you know right behind and be and be forced into choosing like are you yeah like just because like just because i'm black i'm not a democrat y'all okay I'm gonna put the, it's gonna be showing, it's gonna be on my screen for a second that what the people are gonna see. Just because I am black does not mean I'm a Democrat. Okay. The Democrats haven't always had our best interests. Yo, you know what? Let's talk yeah. about it because freaking Trump, I get he's terrible. He's orange. His toupee is ridiculous. But Joe Biden has done more detriment to the black community than Donald Trump ever has. Let's keep it a bean for a second. So I don't wanna hear him say, you're not black if you don't vote for me. Man, I heard that. I was like, ooh, ooh, why? Yo, why do we not hard? remember the 80 crack laws? I wasn't there for it, but do we not remember that he played a huge role in that legislation after Nixon? Well, 
pushed it into our community? Come on. Come on. So Joe Biden, be quiet. Yeah. The same thing with Hillary, too. This, this is why I made that comment earlier where I was like, if I'm going to be racist, I'd rather be upfront. Same thing goes with Hillary. She used to be a Goldwater girl back in the day, calling black people super predators. So, mm. and then when she, I remember when she was running for her, running her campaign against Trump, and she was saying, she went to a breakfast club interview. She had, she put a lot of hot sauce that was in her purse or whatever. You know, they all laugh or whatever. Hot. Charlemagne, as much, I'm 50, I, I kind of like Charlemagne sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, yes, but. He did make a valid point. He called out. He was like, now, you only did that so that you can get bounty points for black people. And she was like, yeah, but it's working, right? And from that moment on, I was like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like feeling like I'm being bought. Like, Right? I was like, she, I was like, man, so as much as I hate Trump. <laughs> hate I was like murder to Jesus, my brother. At least I knew what I was getting. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He was going to be upfront about it. Oh, bad man. Brother Mike, you out of the military now. You could talk. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just not interested, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. like, I, like I, I could, we could engage in dialogue about it, but it's just like. No. You asked a question. I'm curious. That's why. I did. I did. I did. I don't know. It's just, uh, um, and I kind of forgot why I asked that. <clears throat> be honest <laughs> which is probably a good sign that we should probably move forward but i do have a question for y'all 